What's up, guys? You're listening to Confessions of a Gym Rat, getting you through the 9 to 5 as healthily and happily as possible. Hope you guys had a fabulous week and a fabulous weekend. I am back in New Jersey, so I have a lot to catch up with you guys about. Because I, if you were listening to last week's episode, which I hope you were, I recorded it on Thursday, but it released Monday because I left Friday to go back to California, you know, you following along with me. So I had to release the episode on, or I had to record the episode on Thursday because I wasn't going to be home. It was when I had to get it done, but speak now Taylor's version was coming out on Friday and I was kind of going back and forth. Like, do I wait? Like, and then I was like, no, I can't, I won't have time to do it when I'm away. Even if I bring like my mic, and stuff. So we're just going to have to talk about Speak Now Taylor's version today. But before I get into that, I've got quite the story to tell you guys. And hopefully you're here because you took the clickbait on my Instagram story where I was like, I have a part, I like I have an additional part to this whole running story, but I'm only going to tell it on the podcast. So you're going to have to listen. Let me paint the picture for you. So I woke up yesterday I'm recording this on Sunday, so Saturday morning. And if you wear contacts, you know what it feels like when there's like a rip in your contact or there's something in it and it's just your eye kind of like twitches and waters up and you can't really like open it. So I wake up yesterday and I have this weighted sleeping mask. Side note, fantastic. I was never like a sleeping mask type of girl, but I got this one in like a FabFitFun box a few years ago. And I noticed that it actually like knocks me out like immediately. So when I can't sleep, I just take the weighted sleeping mask and it works like a charm. So I put it on and it stays in place. It's not like one of those flimsy, like I, I got one of the flimsy ones too, bring it on airplanes. It's not one of those like flimsy masks that it's like you put it on at night, you wake up and it's on the other side of your bed. This one's like, picture weighted blanket, but eye mask. Okay. You follow me? So I wake up and it stays in place. So I woke up yesterday morning, literally regained consciousness. And I was like, Whoa, there is something in my right eye. Like this hurts. So I take the face mask off or the eye mask, whatever you want to call it. And I try and open my eye and I get that like sharp, pain and my eyes like twitching it's tearing it's not opening so then I'm like whoa can I not open my eye so I let a few minutes pass and the pain kind of like the sharp pain kind of goes away like I was like rubbing over it a little and it's still like it still feels like there's something in there but I can open my eye it's just tearing so like I take a look like I bust out my phone there's nothing in there. Like it doesn't really, like it looks a little red because I irritated it, but there's nothing in my eye. Like it doesn't really look like anything. So then I close my left eye because it's my right eye. And I'm like, okay, but my vision's really blurry. Maybe it's just because I was tearing, like who knows? So a few minutes pass by, I'm just laying in bed, you know, trying to find the will to get up because that's a whole nother different story. Um, I finally get my butt out of bed go to the bathroom. I put on my glasses because normally when there's something wrong with your eye, like you don't want to 
put your contacts in. Like you want to let your eyes breathe. So I'm like, let me just put on my glasses. Made it so much worse because I could see clearly out of my right eye now, or my left eye, I'm sorry, but my right eye is still blurry through the glasses. And I shut my left eye again. And I'm like, yeah, this is totally blurry. So I call the eye doctor and I'm like, hey, can I please come in today? Something's wrong with my eyes. Like I'm kind of nervous. Don't want to mess around with the, the eyes. Don't need to go blind. So they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. Come in at two. So I have to go to the gym because I got a busy day. And I'm like, you know what? I got to put my contacts in. It is what it is. Hate working out my glasses. I get all sweaty. They slide down my face. It's just not happening. So I go to the gym, or I should say I put my contacts in. I thought it was going to be painful, but it actually made the pain a little better. Now it's like I could still feel something like in towards the corner of my eye, but for the most part, like I'm fine. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's do this workout. Go to the, do my workout. I'm fine. I go to the eye doctor, take my contacts out, have my glasses in, tell the eye doctor what's going on. And he's like, all right, let's put some yellow dye in your eye and let me, let me take a look through the microscope. Yellow dye, kind of funky. Not really sure what it is, but I don't know. It does the trick. I guess he could see stuff better. So I put my little chin on the thing. I'm looking at like through the little lenses and immediately he's like, oh yeah, you scratched yourself. And I'm like, but how? Because I woke up with my sleeping mask on. Like I had it on the whole night. And he's like, I don't know. But you have two linear lines going right across your eyeball. That's why it hurts. You scratch yourself. And I'm like, how the hell did I manage to do that? Under the eye mask. In my sleep. So then I'm like, okay, well, what now? And he's like, oh, don't worry. The eyes are the... Are the quickest growing part of the, or quickest healing part of the body. You should be fine like in two days by the end of the weekend. If you're not, come back. I'll give you some antibiotics, but wear your contacts. And I'm like, oh really? And he's like, yeah, wear your contacts because the contact puts a barrier between your eyelid and your eyeball. So when you blink, you're not rubbing up against that scratch surface and irritating it. And I'm like, this is this is fantastic news because I'm supposed to go out later and I want to wear, like, I don't want to wear my glasses. I want to wear my contacts. So I'm like, all right, doc, thank you very much. I'll, I'll watch these nails. I suppose still not sure how I managed to claw myself in my sleep, but whatever, I guess we're just like, can't dwell on that. So I go about my day, I get ready, I wash my hair, I do my makeup, I'm out at the bar having a great time with my friends, went to Parker House this weekend, which I'm like never at the Jersey Shore anymore. I mean, I live at the Jersey Shore, but I don't really go out down there that much because I've been doing things. Um, and I'm there for a few hours and then I go to find my friend, like I'm looking around for him. And some girl, I guess, is just classic New Jersey Italians talking with the hands, just swings her hand back and just backhands me right into my right eye. I'm getting my right and left confused. Yeah, right eye. And she didn't even notice. And some guy standing next to her was like, dude, you just hit her. 
And she turns around. She's like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. And I'm like, you know, it's fine. But I think you knocked my contact out of my eyeball. So now she's got her flashlight out. She's like, tell me, oh, it's in the corner. So I try and grab it. It's not in the corner. I'm like, then I touch my own eyeball, which I'm like, I don't need to be doing that right now. Like, that's disgusting. Um, so germy and gross. So she's like trying to look for it, like trying to save the day. And I'm like, lady, it's gone. I, it was an accident. Don't, I'm not going to have a black eye. Like, you're fine. Just I, my contact's gone. So I only had like one drink. Because I fully intended on driving home that night. Sleep in my own bed. I don't want a hangover. Like, this is like my new thing. Now, you know, like I don't need to get wasted. When I don't even really need to get drunk. I'll have one drink, loosen up a little, have a great time, and then I'll be sober to drive myself home. Except the problem is that I'm negative six and a half in this eye, my right eye. I can't get in my car and drive with only one eye. That's highly dangerous to myself and other people on the road. And there are a lot of cops out at night by the shore too. So I text my dad, I'm like, hey, you doing anything? Somebody accidentally just swatted my contact out of my eyeball so I can't drive home. My dad's like, not a problem. Like, I'll come and get you. Like, credits for being a responsible child, I guess. But, yeah. So then, of course, it's like I'm keeping my eye closed walking around like this. Like, a, like I don't know. Like, I have problems until I left the bar because blinking, again, without the contact, hurts the scratch in my eye. So I was just walking around like an idiot for like a good half hour until my dad came and got me. And now we, I, I've retrieved my car. I've got my contacts in. And hopefully by the time you listen to this episode, my eye is healed and feeling better. But uh, yeah, that was the first one for me. That, that was a new one. And I'm sure a lot of you guys wear contacts. So I guess the new thing is bring an extra pair when you go to the bar because you never know when it's going to get swatted out of your eyeball yeah it's I listen I haven't heard of any stories similar to that um but that's yeah that's my story for the week I told you guys I want to go over some things so I'm thinking about breaking them off into different sections but oh there's one more thing I wanted to talk about before I get into all my all my other stuff so I'm, I'm gonna go over like my opinions on the Emmy nominations just some of them You know what? Why don't I do that right now? Yeah, I'll just throw it in right now. Okay, so the Emmy nominations came out this week. And I'm actually very excited for them. I don't really, like, watch many award shows. Like, I prefer the Grammys, like, like the CMA uh, awards. But I've watched a lot of TV this past year. I've watched a lot. And there's like, I mean, Succession, White Lotus, The Last of Us, like House of the Dragon, like they're all getting nominated. I don't know about House of the Dragon, actually. I might have just pulled that one out of thin air. Um, So I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to watch the Emmys this year. And then I saw that Vanderpump Rules got nominated for an Emmy, which left me like, I had mixed opinions on it. I think that the 
crew, like production, definitely deserves to be recognized for the fact that like they were wrapped up. Like season finale was edited, ready to go. And when all this Scandaval stuff broke in March, they had to pick up the cameras and just roll in a time crunch. Like get all these people, organize it all, get the cameras rolling, edit it all, and produce this whole new final episode. When it was like technically probably supposed to be these people's like off seasons, I imagine they had a little bit of a break before filming started again in June. So I definitely think that they need to be recognized um, for that. And listen, as far as unscripted TV goes, this was a hell of a season, hell of a season. But like the, the part that sits wrong with me is like Tom Sandoval and Rachel Levis winning an Emmy for being disgusting human beings. Listen, if it was my ex that had an eight-month affair with me and then won an Emmy for it, it wouldn't wouldn't sit right with me. But I guess, you know, they're part of they're part of what happened and they're, I don't know. I don't know. That's my that's my opinions on that. I do, I don't think it's like one of those Emmys that's on TV. You know how like only a certain amount of them are on t- on TV and then the rest are just like kind of announced. Which is a shame. Because I would pay money to see James Kennedy get up on that stage and make an acceptance speech. I'm just saying. Just saying. Anyway, yeah, I do think that I'm I'm gonna watch though, and I'm finding myself torn. Like I was looking at um all the different nominations, and there's ones where it's like Pedro Pascal for The Last of Us is getting recognized, but so is um Oh gosh, why am I blanking now? So is like Kieran Culkin. I think it was like one where it's like Kieran Culkin was nominated and so is Pedro Pascal. And I'm like, God, Kieran Culkin had such a good fourth season and is such a good actor. Like he just did such a good job with Roman Roy. But also The Last of Us was insanely good. And Pedro Pascal did a phenomenal job playing Joel, especially in that first, the first episode when he's holding Sarah's dead body and won't let go, even though Tommy's like, dude, she's gone. Damn. So I'm finding myself torn. I think there's some, uh, some categories where I'm like, I'll be happy if any, like whoever wins this, because I loved all of these shows There were, in my opinion, too many White Lotus nominations. I mean, I get it. Like, everybody has their own storyline. So it's like it's it's a lot of different people got nominated. I just didn't think that the White Lotus was up to par with season one, nor do I think it's on the same level of Succession and The Last of Us. You know, and there's other shows. I I haven't watched Ted Lasso. I haven't watched uh, Shrinking because I don't have Apple TV, but I love Jason Segel. Um, What's some other ones? I don't know. Or I haven't watched Abbott Elementary. I got to get on that one, though. And I haven't watched The Bear. But The Bear, I'm going to start today, so I'll keep you guys updated on that. But my point is, I just didn't think that The White Lotus, I don't, I think it got one too many nominations. It was good. It was good TV. It wasn't awesome. 
TV though. Like I don't think the woman that played the what was it like the receptionist at the hotel or the manager like didn't really care for her. Michael Imperioli, better in Sopranos than he was in The White Lotus. I think, uh, what's her face? I'm totally blanking on her name. Haley Joy something. The one that was in the Jonas Brothers music video, like the girl who got kidnapped, almost died. I think she did a phenomenal job. Her and the the skinny guy. I'm, I'm totally forgetting their names. And um, what's her face? Oh, my God, why am I blanking? Parks and Rec. You guys know who I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, I... Long story short, I think that there were some good characters in The White Lotus, but overall, mm, I won't be too happy if they come out with an outstanding number of Emmy nominations over the other ones. But yeah, no, it'll be exciting. I'm very curious. Like, I would love to hear your guys' opinions on like what your favorite shows were, who, what category you're most excited to see, because you know that I watch so much TV, and I love that it's like all my like succession, like. They're getting nominated, and then my, for lack of better word, trash TV, like Vanderpump Rules, is also getting nominated. I love it. It brings, it's like, it's such a, like, overstimulating moment for me where I'm like, all my, all the things that I love are coming together for one night. So I can't wait. I can't wait on that. Um, The last thing that I want to talk to you guys before we get into some more serious stuff is speak now Taylor's version and and more specifically the whole Taylor Lautner incident so last weekend when speak now Taylor's version released first of all I made a dumb move and I thought I downloaded it to my phone so I could listen to it on the plane on repeat but I didn't I don't know what happened but now it's saved on my phone so I couldn't listen to it offline and I was sad about that. Um, but I was pretty offline last week. You know, I was with my friend and her family in California on Saturday. We took a day trip to San Diego. Like I was just very present in the moment and I wasn't really on my phone. And I start getting all these like tweet notifications on my lock screen. Like, oh my God, Taylor Lautner showing up to the Eras tour on the day of Speak Now. Taylor's version release is insane. And in my head, I'm like, wait, what? Like, that is kind of insane. And then I'm getting, oh, my God, Taylor Lautner's up on stage. Oh, my God, Taylor Lautner's doing backflips on stage. Oh, my God, Taylor Lautner's in her music video doing his own stunts. And then the pictures with the three Taylors pointing at each other. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was not on my phone for, like, one weekend. What happened? What did I miss? So I'm caught up on it now, and I'm sure you're caught up on it, too. Um, so I just want to give my thoughts and opinions on it. First of all, Speak Now was always my favorite Taylor album. I used to sit on the floor with it in my CD player, reading the cover, like the cover pamphlet of the CD and just following along with the words. Like it just brought me back to that time when I was like, I was in sixth grade, so I must've been like 11, um, yeah, I was like 11 listening to that album. And then to hear all the songs again at 24, it was like, it was a, it was honestly a little bit overwhelming for me at first. Like I had a full meltdown before it even came out. Just thinking about how much my life has changed and 
how much has happened. Like I, for a quick little backstory here, I have a, I was in a terrible, terrible relationship with a person named John when I was 19. You see what I'm getting at here? So the songs just hit, like, I just got so overwhelmed. Never Grow Up, I'll never listen to. I'll only, the only time I listen to Never Grow Up is when I'm, like, depressed. Like, seriously, like, that's not a joke. Like, if I'm listening to that song, like, tell my parents I'm not doing well. Um, Yeah, like, Dear John hits very, very hard for me. Things like Last Kiss, like, The Story of Us. Like, I didn't under... I loved the songs because they were beautiful and the lyrics were great when they came out when I was 11. But at 24, I feel them and like resonate with them. So I was very excited for the album to come out. I'll just say that. Um, And it made me so happy to see the two Taylors or the three Taylors, I guess, together. I don't like... I, I always loved Taylor Squared. That was my favorite Taylor Swift relationship growing up. I just, you know, I was a huge Twilight junkie. So it was like the best of both worlds here. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. It's just, it makes me happy that even though like they're like, they're older now, but they're able to have such a good relationship. And I feel like people can learn for that where it's like, obviously, you know, there's some relationships that bad things occur and you don't have to end on good terms, but some relationships just fade out. Some people just fall out of love and you don't have to hate someone just because they're ex-boyfriend. If they give you a reason to hate, sure, sure, sure. But you don't have to like have bad blood with someone just because you used to be in a relationship with them. And it was just very nostalgic too, to see them all. And then he started doing backflips and I was so confused and so overwhelmed. Um, but I, you also like rare, like don't really see Taylor Swift's exes like acknowledge her songs. And obviously his is a good one. And he's like, he's said like, hey, I like it. Um, so for me, it was really cool too, just to see him like acknowledge it and appreciate it and like accept the apology. Um, I don't know. That was just a huge Swifty, huge Swifty moment for me. But that's all I'm gonna, gonna drone on about for today. We're gonna get into some, highlights and then I'm gonna do a Q and A for you guys. I don't think I have too many Qs though. So it's gonna be short, but you're gonna to wanna to stick around for this week's interview. I had such an amazing interview that, you know, I'll get into who it's with later. I'm sure you could tell by the title of this anyway, but we talked a lot about like your body changing during pregnancy and just all the like physical things like a woman has to go through and struggles and stuff. Cause I know that that's something that I have concerns for down the road. So if you're a young female like me, I think that you'll feel really like you'll feel really secure after, um, hearing this interview. So without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Get into some highlights for the week, starting with my health and fitness related highlights. So I had taken four days off of the gym last week. I was away. Um, I worked out on Friday when I was in LA, but Saturday, oh, oh wait, I'll save that for my highlight. Okay. Sorry. Almost spoiled the other part. Um, Saturday we, Nush and I, my friend took a day trip to San Diego, 
when we came back, we went out to dinner and then we went to LA, like, like West Hollywood afterwards. Um, Sunday we had our cousin's graduation party and then Monday I was busy all day. Um, so I took some days off. I got home. Wednesday was my first day back in the gym. I killed my quads. Not even an exaggeration. I was sore from Thursday up until Saturday. So Thursday, Friday, tough. Saturday, still tough. Now it's Sunday and I'm starting to feel a little bit better. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was good. You know, it's like I was itching to get back. I didn't really want to take like four whole days off, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Um, so yeah, I was definitely itching to get back, but I also think my body like needed that rest. So when I came back, like I came back strong this week and I'm feeling good. So God, this microphone. Okay. We're good, buddy. You going to stay? Okay. Um, so yeah, that was my health and fitness related highlight. Just the best workout of my week. That's it. Nothing crazy. Nothing crazy. Um, and then my non-health and fitness related highlight is kind of like a health and fitness related highlight too, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Um, Nush and I went on a hike through the Hollywood Hills and I had never done that before. Um, I'm normally just more on the West side when I do go to LA. Uh, so we figured it out ourselves. We did, it was five miles. I think it took us like an hour and a half or something like that. And we saw the sign. We kind of got lost a little bit, but it was a really beautiful day outside. Like it's been so humid over here on the East coast. It is so nice over on the West coast right now. So I wasn't like drenched in sweat, got a nice good walk in. It was tough going uphill, not so bad on the way back. Um, and I got to see some really, really beautiful things. So I'll post pictures. Um, probably on Instagram so you guys could see what I'm talking about. But yeah, that was definitely my non-health and fitness. Plus it was like a good time. Like it was just us not on our phones, just talking to each other, getting some movement in. It was an awesome thing to do with a friend. So those are my health and fitness or those are my highlights for the week. And as always, I encourage you guys to just sit and reflect on one or two things that you're happy about from this week that might be small. But just remind you that, you know, it's like it's life may be beating your ass sometimes, but we got we still have good parts to it. So always it's a good mindset exercise. You know what I mean? Okay, I don't know what's going on with Instagram lately, but everything seems to be so wacky and different. Like just my reach has gone down, you know, like comments and stuff. And then. I used to post question polls and you guys would go bananas on Instagram and I'd be getting all these questions and now I post my question polls and I don't really get anything from them. So I guess, I don't know, maybe I just overshare and you guys don't want to know anything else about my life. But I put up a question poll today on my Instagram story. It was like for this podcast episode, in addition to the interview with Presley later, um, I wanted to do like a quick little... Q&A. Ask me anything. Ask me stuff about the gym. Ask me stuff about my life. I thought I was going to get juicier questions, though. I'm not going to lie. So maybe we'll do a part two um, another time. Yeah. Anyway, so I do have some 
though, that I'm going to go over and I'm going to read them off to you. Christy asks, how do you balance lifting and cardio for fat loss and for muscle gain? So they are two different things. I think what she was trying to answer, ask, because it actually said, how, how do you balance lifting and cardio for fat loss and muscle gain? You can't really focus on both at the same time. Losing and gaining are two opposites. And it's been a while since I talked about it, so I'll, this, so I'll go a little bit in depth. But losing fat, you have to be in a caloric deficit. Gaining muscle, you have to be in a surplus. So you really shouldn't be focusing on both at the same time. That is the number one mistake people make. You can't lose and gain at the same time. You know? It just it, it just doesn't make sense. So for when I am cutting and trying to lose some fat, I up my cardio intensity. And I normally do cardio about three to four times a week. And then I try and get like as close to 10,000 steps every day. In the winter when I'm bulking, I do a more uh, low impact cardio, like just nothing too crazy. It's really just to make sure that my heart is still getting some exercise. Um, so everything's in check in that department. But basically I'll increase the cardio a little bit by intensity wise when I cut. That's a simple answer really. Next question, Maya asks, tip for engaging lats during lat pulldowns. My forearms and biceps keep overcompensating. This is a phenomenal question, Maya. Um, this is something that I struggled with for a long time and didn't really like understand, but I totally know what you mean. Um, and it's normal for, you're going to feel it in your forearms. You are going to feel it in your biceps, but I'm glad that you recognize that they're overcompensating and that you're not really feeling it in your lats. So here's a few things that you want to pay attention to. When you're doing a lat pull down, you want to make sure that you're leaning back slightly. Like if you're watching on YouTube, you just saw what I did. Um, and then you're staying like that throughout the whole exercise. You don't want your torso to be bobbling around, like moving back and forth, because that's a sign that your body, your, your back is calling in other muscles to help perform the exercise. So that's like, if your body's moving, going back and forth while you're pulling up and down and whatever, that means your biceps are probably doing more work than they should. So that's the first little tip. And then the second part, what I like, I didn't really get this until recently. You want to make sure that you're squeezing at your lats the entire time and that they're engaged beforehand. So, um, Maya, since this is your question, I highly recommend watching this part on YouTube just because I'm, I'm a very physical talker, if that makes sense. Like I'm doing a little demonstration now, but before you start the lat pull down, you want to kind of squeeze at your lats. So your hands will be on the bar and you kind of just want to pull your lats down a little bit or like your shoulder blades. And you should feel that squeeze in the top of your lats. Okay. And then I want you to maintain that squeeze the entire time. Keep squeezing through your back. That's going to, those two things are going to help tremendously. All right. Yancey asks, how long have you been training? I have been training since 2017. I would say that 2017, 2018, I didn't really, I mean, obviously I'm always growing, 
you know, I'm always learning more stuff. I'm always continuing to improve myself. But it took me, like, those first two years, I never had a personal trainer. Social media and fitness influencers were not, like, a thing like they are now. So it took me a while to learn. And I went through my period of making mistakes and doing all that kind of stuff. But I really started making the gym a consistent part of my lifestyle in 2017. So now it's been six years, which is kind of scary. Ugh. Tony says, can I take you out? I live in LA. No. Okay. Next question. Gerard asks, would you date someone who isn't in the fitness industry, realistically speaking? Um, My answer is yes. But to clarify on that, like I wouldn't date somebody who doesn't regularly exercise, you know, because it's a big part of my life. So that's something that we would definitely have in common. And also, like, I just really take time prioritizing, like, my health inside and out. And I can't really see myself getting along with somebody who doesn't. Like, friends, sure, but I can't. I wouldn't date somebody who doesn't go, like, who doesn't exercise. Not necessarily, like, go to the gym. But if you're not exercising on a regular basis, I just don't see how much we would have in common. Um, But I honestly don't really want to date somebody in the fitness industry. Never have. Don't think I want to. I don't know. I just feel like it's my, like, this is my space. This is my thing. Um, It's not that I would be, like, opposed to it. Yeah, I shouldn't say I don't want to, but I never have. You know, it's not like I'm looking for that. I'd say I'm pretty much looking everywhere else, honestly, than that, just because this is my thing. I've been doing it for a while, and I don't want to... feel like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I don't want to feel like it's a competition. Also, I just, you guys know my stance on bodybuilding competitions. Like, it's just not my thing. A lot of guys in the fitness industry do compete and stuff. And I just like, I like to go to the bar. I like to have fun. I like to do all that stuff. And I just don't think that that's like, I don't know. I can't see myself being with somebody like that. Not that it's a bad thing. It's just like my personal, like who I am as a person. You know, again, I can have friends like this, but dating someone's a little bit different. Last question is from Victoria. New follower here. Welcome. Advice on fitness journey. Genuine, but I don't know where to start. So there's a few different routes you can take here. The first one, the one that I would say is like probably the best use of your time and energy is to get a personal trainer. You can work with me if you want to. I'm very, very willing to help you. Um, But seriously, getting a personal trainer is probably the best route that you can go. You don't necessarily have to stick with them for a while, but it'll help you, one, like stay accountable on getting a routine. Like if you're paying for it and somebody's depending on you to show up, you got to show up. And then they could also just teach you the basics, you know, what, what exercises work, different muscles, is your form correct and stuff. So that's definitely the best way to get on track and learn the fastest. I, though, didn't take that route. I grew up playing sports, so I was kind of like, ah, I don't need a personal trainer. I'll figure it out. And I am a quick learner. It just took me time to find the resources and stuff. So if you do not want to go the personal training route, definitely utilize the resources that you have. You can use my Instagram for workout inspiration. Um, I also have an app that's like cheaper than personal training. 
So you could use that for structured workouts. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger has a really good book. It's called The Encyclopedia of Modern Bodybuilding, I think. Something like that, but that'll teach you a lot of basics. Um, and then as far as like a routine goes... I always recommend starting off small. You don't want to overwhelm yourself, you know, because it's like it gets very easy to be like, oh, my gosh, I went five days last week and and five days the week before that, but I'm really tired. I can't do it this week, blah, blah, blah. I'm just feeling overwhelmed and unsatisfied and disappointed in yourself. So I always tell my new clients, start off with like two to three days a week, you're going to fall in love with it because everybody falls in love with the feeling after exercise. It literally releases happy chemicals in our brain. And then you can kick it up from there. When I started, I wasn't going like five days a week. And then I was like, holy crap, this is the best part of my day. I need to exercise every day. And now here I am. So those are my two biggest pieces of advice. Um, Educate yourself on nutrition as well, because that's one thing that took me took me a while and sent me back. But yeah, so those those are my questions for the week. Um, not not as many as I hoped. Thought we were going to get a little juicy, but I'll take it. I'll stop complaining. We still have a very very exciting interview. To to what's the word? Now I'm, I'm having like a dumb moment right now. I don't know. Point is, questions done. Interview. Let's do it. All right, everyone. I am here with a very special guest today. I am here with Presley Pritchard. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I am great. I was just telling Presley before we started recording this that I have been looking a long time to get somebody who is a mother on the podcast being a 24 year old girl I have no experience in that department but I know I have followers who are mothers and I have a lot of questions myself so I'm very excited to have you on today yeah thank you of course so right now are you you're expecting your second or third child third third so what do you who what do you have right now I have two girls and then this one's a girl. Oh, so, third girl. <laughs> I know. <laughs> how how um how are the other two? How is raising them going so far? They're good. They're it's such a wide age gap because I know you're like, I'm 24. I had my first at 20. Oh my god. So I didn't really get young adulthood. I, I looking back, I'm like, how did I how did I do that? But so they're almost nine and then ten. So like huge age gap with this baby. Right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, this baby will have good big sisters to take care of it. So. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much easier. Do you like having girls? I actually do. I don't know if I know what to do with a boy, but I was really hoping to have a boy this time. So Yeah. I feel like there it's it's more reverse where the guys are probably like, what do I do with a girl? Whereas like a boy oh, yeah. can figure it out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So how when are you expecting your baby? Um, I'm due September 1st. But I had my 32-week ultrasound today, and they were like, yeah, she is measuring, like, two weeks ahead. She's already five and a half pounds. And I was like, oh, help me. Oh. So, so, I don't know. Could be two weeks early. Could be just really big baby. So, we'll see. So exciting. Um, yeah. So, I have tons of, tons of questions. 
for you. So bear, bear with me. But I, I think something that me and my friends talk about a lot or that I hear like other people talking about is just, um, I mean, all my friends like want to have kids. I want to have kids one day, but it really takes a toll on your body. And I've seen people who take a long time to like bounce back and stuff, but mm-hmm. I've scrolled through your page and whatnot. And in between pregnancies, it seems that you do a great job of just that, like bouncing back. So how did, for the first two times, how did your body kind of feel and react like right after you had your babies? Yeah. So I was younger, obviously. So I'm 30 now, but I was 20 then. Mm -hmm. Um, So my first, well, also I'm sure you've seen like from my profile, but I started out I think it's important how you start out. I started out as a really skinny girl. Like I was underweight and I was just particularly into cardio. I didn't do any strength training, had no knowledge of it. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like used to run marathons and that kind of stuff. So I was really skinny. Mm-hmm. So with those pregnancies, they were like pretty easy. Um, I was really small. I actually didn't gain as much weight as they wanted me to just because I was not a big girl at all. I had like no muscle or anything. Right. I bounced back with my first and I don't know I know a lot of it's genetics because my mom was the same way but right after I had my baby at age 20 I was the same weight that I was pre-birth like three days later oh, wow. and I was already like in all my clothes again yeah I mean I was like a stick my waist was tiny like I just bounced back so fast from that but I did struggle really bad with postpartum depression after her so that that sucked so it was more like mental health I had a really hard time with after she was born Right. And then um, the second one I had, they're only 17 months apart. So my daughter was like seven months old when I got pregnant with my second one and she was a bigger baby, you know, so, but that one was a little bit harder to bounce back from, but still I had not started weightlifting until after she was born. So I really had no knowledge of like nutrition and like what to do and how to take care of my body before that, besides just like growing up with high school sports and stuff. Okay. That's really interesting. So what got you into weightlifting then you said you used to like run marathons and be like a big cardio bunny what yeah what did that transition look like for you so you know what's funny is I was on bed rest for a while with my second daughter and I was like losing my mind like (laughs) I literally sat there and I was like my mental health is going to shit because I can't do anything and um, I would scroll on Instagram all all the time and this was in 2014 so when like the fitness influencers were kind of starting to come out right right. and there was like some a couple like OG ones and I actually was following Katie Hearn um, and so she's the one that like got me into it because she was selling these programs and I was like oh oh my gosh I want to have her butt and I was just so small and scrawny so I literally spent all my time on bed rest like stalking her and all these other Instagram girls and saw that the key to doing that was like weightlifting and nutrition. I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I had a lot of time. I had like six weeks to educate <laughs> myself and like write a plan and buy her plan. And let's That's make fantastic. My... Yeah. So as soon as I got released after that to work out, I went to the gym and was just, had no idea what I was doing. But that's how I kind of just started. I love I I love that. And what, you know what? And it makes the best out of a bed rest. You can't do anything you when you're on bed rest, but you made mm-hmm. something very productive out of it, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Maybe yeah, and I was like, I am not getting postpartum depression again. So as soon as I get released from this, I'm out there. Like, I'm out in the streets. So. Yeah. So <laughs> what, if you don't mind talking about it, and you totally don't have to, but what did postpartum depression look like? And how did you kind of uh, get yourself out of that? Because I've struggled with just regular depression, which I'm sure mm-hmm. is a little different. 
yeah it sucked like honestly I didn't even know about it and I think that was that was in 2013 much they talked about right even the doctors talk about it but back then I didn't know anything and I was only 20 so I had no idea but um I actually started with like prenatal depression so at 28 weeks when I was pregnant I started having really bad panic attacks like severe anxiety over everything yeah and then it caused me to be depressed because I like didn't want to leave my house I didn't want to go do anything and I also like my relationship with the girls' dad at that point was like not in a good place. Like I was just graduating college. I actually graduated two weeks after I had my baby. So I had so much on my plate. Yeah. So after she was born, though, I could not stop crying for like days and days. And then we went home and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do with her. And I was like scared. I was like, I don't know what to do. Right. So I kind of just was going through the motions. I almost felt like a zombie. Like I literally couldn't enjoy anything. I felt like I was like looking through glass, like just mm-hmm. there, but not really there. And so, yeah, it really sucked. And then I finally brought it up to doctor and put on um, Zoloft because I'd suffered with it for like four weeks by the time I even said anything about it and was like, okay, this is really bad. I can't even leave my house. Yeah. And then um, that took like probably a month or two to kick in until I actually started feeling better and then going to therapy. And it helped a lot. I was like, I don't know. I, I mean, I had a history of anxiety and stuff, but Yeah. Yeah, the scary part about depression and people like when it's your first time going through like a bout of depression is that you it takes a while for you to recognize what's going on because Mm -hmm. like you said, it is like you're looking through glass, like you're just living, like you're just Mm -hmm. going through the bare minimum motions. You're and nobody wants to like admit that to themselves. Like I think it's often seen as like a point of weakness so like Mm -hmm. the first time that I went through something like that like I didn't really recognize what it was until like it it took me months and then I was like some this is not correct like I should not be yeah yeah you're like should I bring it up or like I literally at that point was like they're gonna lock me up in a mental house and I won't see my daughter if I say anything just because I didn't know but also I, I felt some sort of guilt because I'm like oh I have this new baby I should be happy and I'm just like I'm not connecting with her like I feel like I'm not really like here but I'm not really here I'm just on autopilot and I think the scariest feeling or thought that I had was like oh my gosh how long is this gonna last is this like how my life is forever now when is this gonna end yeah that is really scary and I've heard a lot Mm -hmm. of people who have talked about like postpartum depression that a, a, a big it's like kind of like this big cycle where it's like you you are depressed and because you're in this like depressive episode then you're not connecting with your baby and then you feel Mm -hmm. you're not connecting with your baby guilty yeah yeah so well I'm I'm happy that that didn't happen to you the second time around and it's funny you said that because in my last episode I was actually talking about reasons why you should exercise besides just physique and one of them was it it the chemical release in your brain actually helps fight against anxiety and depression yeah exactly yeah. So very, very glad to hear that. Um, what, what brought you from working? Like you started your journey working out. We kind of went over that. Now, how did like social media come into play? When, like, when did you decide to take that r- route and how did it kind of blow up for you? Yeah. You know, it was kind of embarrassing at first, not going <laughs> to lie. Cause you know, I saw these girls like posting their workouts. Like everybody starts out awkwardly mm-hmm. and you get made fun of. Like I literally made fun of for my posts and like oh she doesn't know what she's doing and my my like Instagram account I wanted for myself to be a journey for me to log like what I eat and my pictures and Mm -hmm. back then Instagram was just pictures that's all it was Mm -hmm. 
And so, yeah, I had it on private and I only had accepted friends of like people I knew. And then as I was doing my workouts and posting things and actually seeing results, like seeing the changes in my body over time, that's when I started getting a lot of those people saying, hey, like I noticed this, like how did you do this? And so that kind of gave me confidence. I'm like, oh, and then a lot of my friends encouraged me, like you should make your profile public. And I was like, no, I'm so scared. And so I did. And I was like, I didn't even have very many followers then, but I started posting like 2014 or something when I started my fitness journey. But yeah, I got really into it. And then, um, so I graduated two weeks after my first daughter was right. born and I became a paramedic at 19 years old. Mm-hmm. So I went through paramedic school um, and I went to fire academy after my daughter. So at this point I was a firefighter paramedic and just doing my job alone was like super hard and going through fire academy as a girl. Yeah. Uh, I still sing just like, you know, going through fire academy and training and stuff. And a lot of the girls, a lot of like firefighter girls or girls who wanted to be EMTs or paramedics or firefighters were hitting me up like, oh my gosh, how did you get through fire academy? Like, it's hard. Like, I can't right. pass my test. Or, right. And so, yeah, that's when I really started blowing up on Instagram, I think, because I had that like niche where I was doing um, firefighter paramedic mm-hmm. and I was doing like strength training workouts and it was just different. And so I was attracting a lot of that type of crowd. And then it just blew up from there. I like that because I do, I work a full-time job as well. And I think that's part of the reason why I grew a following. I mean, it started off with me being in in college, but now it's like, okay, I have a full-time job. How am I Mm -hmm. living my life? And like as a normal human being and making time for the gym, which is why I wanted to reach out to you because I thought you, you're just such an, like an inspiration, honestly, and a great example. Um, because you do work and you do have two going on three kids, but I, I see your workout posts all the time and you're still prioritizing like your body and your health, even with all the other responsibilities that you have. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely do. But I think that's what makes people want to like follow you is just having a different niche and showing that you're relatable. Yeah. I mean, anybody can go on and do like some booty band workouts mm-hmm. and just call it a day, but like people actually mm-hmm. care and want to see how you balance life because that's what most people want to achieve. Right. I totally agree. So you, you touched upon like going through firefighter school, which I don't think like a lot of people realize that it's actually really hard to become a firefighter, like not a mm-hmm. volunteer one. Um, yeah. How, what, like what? adversity did you face being a girl in firefighter school okay so this is so crazy because like literally my story went viral um all over the world honestly in 2019 I want to say yeah maybe I saw it you probably did um so I was doing my social media thing for like years um I went through fire academy And I would lift like on shift. I mean, I was working full time and then I had my two girls and then I was a single mom at that point. So I was doing all this. And then I decided I should add on nursing school and go to nursing school during all this. So I was going to nursing school, working as a firefighter paramedic. I I don't know what made me ever want to do that. But um, yeah, I was doing that. And I think the biggest thing was um, like the critics mostly. So it's a very, unless you've been in the industry or you've been in the fire service or law enforcement or like the military, most females will tell you it is a very, very like male dominated space. And although you do have like really great guys who would back you up, there's also a lot of just like hatred for you because you're a woman and just like 
it's, it's the small things. It's like making fun of you, making certain comments where that are like sexually like discriminative or like sexual harassment. And you just deal with that on a daily like basis all the time. And it's always like a joke, but it's not. Yeah. So there's always like some sort of that kind of like pressure basically. And especially when you're the only female on your shift and yeah, that was the hardest thing that I had to deal with. And then obviously like trying to keep up with the guys, which I would say I was probably one of the most fit ones because a lot of the guys in our department, my department, like didn't really work out or anything. <laughs> so like, they're just men, like they naturally had like right. you know, testosterone and strength right. and lift these things. And I had to work my butt off for it. But yeah, that was the biggest thing. And then um, I worked in this fire department for years and years as a firefighter paramedic. And then um, they would actually, you know, promote me on their like social media because I would post workouts um, just like, you know, lifting hose or like throwing ladders that you could do to help other females to do certain tasks. Like a lot of females would say, I failed my CPAP test because I ran out of time on the stair climber or because I couldn't do the dummy drag. And so I would like come up with workouts on Instagram and just go and post those, which the fire department I was with did not have a policy really cool with it. But then at a certain point, I started gaining a lot of popularity on Instagram and I started having a lot of people hit me up. But with that comes also a lot of people who would like tag my fire department and be like, this girl's a disgrace. She shouldn't be allowed to take booty photo like posing at the gym, also right. be associated with this department. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like my. they literally um, sent like an internal email around about me that was like harassing me and it was a picture of me on the beach on vacation in a swimsuit like on vacation on the beach and they're like wow I can't believe you love post these types of things on her Instagram like it, it looks poorly on your fire department but then we had men in our fire department who were posting like shirtless with their suspenders like in sexy photos and they were posting it and they were getting in trouble so anyways long story short I ended up getting fired even though they didn't no. have a social media policy yeah and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sue you then because that's no, not No, I was going to say, you could And sue so her. I did. <laughs> yeah, Good. so I did. And that's when, um, like, our local newspaper, I live in Montana, and they really don't have much to, like, report about, but they did, like, a news article on it, I guess. And um, it blew up, though, and then Vice did an article, and then it was on, like, Snapchat, Barstool Sports, like, the Fighter and the Kid podcast. Like, this went all over the world, and, like, I got a lot of, like, tons of messages from other women who are in the same situation and have had the same exact things happen to them on a daily basis, which is really sad. But that was kind of like my point on where I'm like, okay, I want to kind of get out of this career. And I want to like focus more on fitness and somewhere where I'm accepted and I'm like valued and I'm not just, you know, destroyed every single day of my life, killing myself with all this and for what type of pay I'm getting. So yeah, that was kind of like, the point that I was at, but that was my biggest adversity for sure was trying to balance this new life of like being an influencer and gaining popularity on social media and then also working a regular job as a firefighter paramedic. Yeah, I don't blame you at all. I would do, I would probably do the exact same. I think it's like, you're one of those cases, <clears throat> I guess, that it's like, it's unfortunate that it had to happen to you, but I guess it happened yeah. for a better reason. And I'm mm -hmm. glad that your story got out there. I'm like in shock, like my <laughs> when you just said that, that was because so crazy. I, I just can't believe it. I'm like, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you sued though, and that like you did something oh, yeah. about it because they cannot fire you. Well, yeah, and I was getting harassed for it for so long. Like they were posting about me on their Facebook, like their professional like fire fighter like Facebook page. They were like posting about me 
and making comments and harassing me. And then all the people who worked there were changing their profile pictures to intimidate me and like send me messages, hate mail and stuff. Like I was getting like death threats. That is absolutely disgusting. Crazy thing. I know. But I'm so glad now because that was probably the worst time I've ever been in my entire life. Like how much hate made unemployment. I tried to fight it, you know, and I won all my cases. So I was able to get unemployment until I could find another job. And then that's when I really was like, you know what? I'm just going to go start my fitness business. Like this thing I've been too scared to do for so long. I'm finally just going to do it. Yeah. Like, what, what do I have to lose at this point? Because we're raised fours. Okay. I don't blame you. That was like the, the, the valley of my life. So. Yeah. I don't blame you at all. I mean, that's such, it's so disappointing that you had to feel yeah. Like that way, but I would do the same thing and and want to be part of something where people value you, respect mm-hmm. you, look up to you. And honestly, I think like your daughters are pretty young right now, but when they get older, like that's such a good example that you mm-hmm. set for them. And honestly, just the way that you live, like your lifestyle is a great example for them. I was walking around, like I forget where I was. I was walking around a couple weeks ago and oh, I was in... Costa Rica and I was just looking at like third world country and how people are like not really in shape over there because they don't have access and I was just thinking when I become like a mother one day I also want to be able to protect my kids physically like I want to feel like I want to be strong so god forbid there's a physical threat on my children that I protect them Mm -hmm. and I want them to be able to do that for themselves so and yeah, kids learn by example. Yeah, so I think that that's such like that's such a big reason because people will be oh they don't care what they look like or they're just too lazy, mm-hmm. don't care about their health. But I'm I imagine at least it's so different when you have kids in this world, and I can't imagine like not being able to like physically protect them if I needed to. Yeah, like, exactly to do what you can for your kids to live the longest life that they can because you see these kids out here unfortunately that like develop like diabetes and all these different things and it's like that's somebody's son or daughter like if you could just show them growing up like it would just it takes a lot of anxiety because I'm like I know all my kids know how to take care of themselves like they're healthy they they're fit they eat right so yeah yeah so do you do anything like I know growing up my mom always cooked for us. Like we were like, it was like, we had Mm -hmm. a bag for fast food. Like (laughs) rarely, rarely got it. So Uh how do you like, like, how did you, how do you show your, your girls what like a healthy diet looks like in a way that's not like you can't be eating this because you'll get fat. Like you're like one of those mothers. Cause that's another extreme. I don't want to be that way. No. Because that's honestly like kind of how my mom was. Okay. So my mom literally was like, she would just buy sugary cereal, like the Oreo O's and the cookie crisp <laughs> and then like pop tarts. And it would just be like, I don't think my mom ever cooked breakfast for us. Oh. It was always like we got up for school and we would just eat that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. then we would have school lunch and like, but my mom always cooked dinners. Like she loves right. to like chef it up and stuff. So she would always cook these elaborate dinners. But, like, snacks, so unhealthy. The snacks in the house and, like, the breakfasts. Yeah. So I do, like, learning more about nutrition as I got older. Like, even when I was 19, 20 years old, I was eating that stuff because I didn't know. Like, that's how I was raised. So, you know, once I started, like, doing my, um, like, physical personal trainer and my online courses and learning about nutrition, all this stuff, I'm like, wow. So when I started changing my life, it, it automatically just passed on to my kids. 
I'm like, I'm sorry, but I'm not making dinners. I'm not making, I don't have the money out here. Like when I was 23 years old, I didn't have the money at 23 years old, single mom of two to be making two different dinners here. And also like, I just can't stand. I know like a lot of my friends, they know how I feel about it, but when they're eating something for dinner and they're child's like I want a peanut butter and jelly and they're like okay I'll go make you no, one I'm like we never got so that. yeah no. no my kids don't get that so it's kind of just honestly like I don't even think it was anything to teach them like they just eat how you eat and you yeah. put one thing on the table and it's like this is what you're gonna eat and all kids like you know most kids at least at some point are gonna be like ew broccoli or whatever and like we always had a like a three bite rule so it was, you had to take three bites of something before you were allowed to say that you didn't like it or didn't try it like so that, that was kind of one of the things like in our house yeah so we always had that rule where if I would pull out something green like that's disgusting I'm like you've actually never tried it and they're like but it's awesome you have to take three bites of it and then like usually they're like oh this is actually kind of good <laughs> so I'm it's hot. so funny you said that too because literally I just made like salmon bowls for dinner and my daughter was like I hate salmon and I was like no you don't I was like you've had it so many times but I just told you it was chicken so you <laughs> ate it like so she's like oh and then she ended up eating all her dinner kids are so funny but, I was definitely like that as a kid too where I'd be like yeah asparagus because I just I know just thought that it's, it's normal yeah like, it's, it's popular yeah, to like but, eat um, certain things and my mom would be like you definitely know, don't eat it like you don't know that you don't like it and now I'm 24 years old exactly yes I'm like, all moms understand the frustration. <laughs> and I know it's like more work to fight with your child and instead of just in and making them something else. But I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that. Like you can go to bed hungry then. Like that's just kind of the mom that I am, which is just, that's my choice. Right. But I also don't keep unhealthy snacks in my house because especially with my kids home from school right now and being home all day, when they want a snack, they'll come down and be like, have another thing of tronic, only eat the M&Ms. And I'm like, no. Like you can have an apple, you can have the fruit that's cut up in there. So it's also keeping like healthy things in your house. Cause if you just keep, if all you're buying is like potato chips and stuff and it's stocked in your pantry, your kids are just going to eat. I mean, I would eat it. Like, yeah, I don't keep stuff around for myself. Cause right. I eat it. It's the same. I was going to say, it's the same rule for yourself. That's what I to- told myself when I was getting into all of this mm-hmm. was like, okay, if you don't buy potato chips and if you don't buy like oh, yeah. these doodles and Oreos, they're not going to be mm-hmm in your house which is great because I would in college like I would come home from the bar and be like I want like chocolate and there'd be nothing in there so I just go to bed I know exactly exactly same thing and like I'm also not I guess there's like an even balance I'm also not one of those moms who is all like oh, my child could never have sugar and they're like right. like no, that's there not- are kids like that like my daughter like my daughter's daycare was this one girl with her mom for one single day and it was like some weird like hippie like she wasn't allowed to have anything and it wasn't because of food allergies her mom was just like super weird about it so like when the kids would bring in cupcakes for like their birthday she wasn't allowed to have a cupcake and I'm like I don't kids chip with either because I want balance and still enjoy those things so I think you know and I even struggled too with like a little bit of an eating disorder when I was like um late middle school to like early high school my first like two years just because I was in that realm of my mom buying all these unhealthy things and then seeing the other side of it and thinking oh I can't have those at all because they make you fat so I'm like I'm teaching my kids from a young age that it's like it's all about moderation like yes you can have you can have that bag of you know caramel rice cakes today but like did you eat like your greens and did you have like your you know fruits and stuff yeah I I think that that's so important because you are right we all like especially girls it's 
it's so hard being a girl mm-hmm. growing up and your body changes and it's just always been that way. And we were, we're taught this is good. This is bad. And it's black and white. And like, listen, is getting like a donut on the weekend, like the healthiest choice? No, but it's also just part of being a kid. And it's going to mm-hmm. be one of those things that they remember when they're older, like, Oh, when we were good, like our mom used to give us this or like, every, like our mom would give us donuts. Yeah. On- Saturdays, you know, like on Fridays growing up, my mom cooked dinner Monday through Thursday, Friday night she worked. So Friday night was pizza night with my dad. And that was, that was oh like, yeah. You look forward to that. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We did. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of have like a Chick-fil-A night during oh, the school great. year. I think it was Wednesdays. Wednesdays was, I picked them up from school and then my daughters immediately went to gymnastics and then I pick her up, bring my other daughter to soccer and then by the time we were done, it was like, I'm not cooking. It's 8.30 p.m. So it would always be Chick-fil-A night. So, oh. Chick-fil-A is delicious. I'm like, yes. Chick-fil-A is delicious. It really is. It's for all. I mean, it's across the street. And I'm like, yes, across the street oh, for me. So and I'll still pay $20 to have them door dash it to my door. Because <laughs> I'm pregnant and lazy sometimes. So, so it's all about the balance. <laughs> yes. No, it really is. Like I said, those are the things. They're going to grow up and be like, Wednesdays was Chick-fil-A night in my house and everyone else is gonna be like I wish I'm jealous I mean I loved pizza Fridays but I'll take Chick-fil-a Wednesdays over pizza Fridays <laughs> it would be pizza but my oven's broken right now so oh, I also I'm from Jersey so we've got the good pizza over here I'm from New York so I know, oh, there's, so not, you know. there's nothing out here <laughs> yes we don't have any of that here and I guess it's it's the water and the elevation so they just can't yeah. make it the same so what brought you from New York over to Montana that's an interesting switch. Yeah, we didn't know anybody out here. Um, my mom was getting sick of New York, and she just wanted to be for us. And, like, she struggled a lot financially as a single mom. And so she ended up moving us, like, me and my two sisters. We moved to Florida for a year. And so I went to high school. I went to ninth grade in New York. I went to sophomore year in Florida. And then the schools were, like, bad. We moved there with my grandparents. Mom could, like, make some money. And it was just really bad environment. So my mom was like, you know what? I want to take my kids out to Montana. Like I've always seen it in magazines and on TV. And I think it'd be a great life for them, which at the time as a 16 year old girl, I was like, like, heck no. I was like, no. Um, But yeah, no, we really got in a car and we just had a tiny little trailer attached to the car. And we drove from Florida to Montana and we moved in. My grandpa like rented, rented us a furnished place. And then I started school like literally that week. And um, I hated it at first. But then I really like fell in love with it after I started making friends and getting involved, seeing what there was to do here without spending money. I was like, oh, I can go hiking, I can paddleboarding, I can yeah. do all this stuff. Like when I started getting into it, I liked it. Yeah. But no, we didn't know anybody out here. My mom just wanted to move. Wow. You seem like one of those people that's lived like nine lives by the age of 30 already. <laughs> I honestly feel like it. I really do. So <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I mean, hey, it makes for great great background great you'll you'll never not have a story to tell at a party (laughs) that's true true. um so how was it like being a single mom I know you're with somebody now so you have some support but your times being a a single mom like how did you kind of get through that and did you continue like with the well I should start by saying you were single mom after your second child Mm-hmm. yeah she was probably like 18 months old or so okay. when we split yeah so how did you keep the 
the gym and all that as part of your life while raising these two babies alone? I did. I don't know how I did it, but you also the nice part is that her like a nice part of their dad is still like so he was basically like my college sweetheart. Like we I got pregnant and then I had my daughter two weeks before college. I met him at the college. Um so I was with him since I was like eighteen till what, like twenty three or something. My second daughter was born. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get along at always when you first break up with someone there's like things to work out between kids and I had to share my kids and blah 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 and I also never had lived a 20 21 year old 22 year old life I didn't know because I was pregnant when I turned 21 I was pregnant when I was 20 so I never really went away but I I just went to college like here in Montana Mm -hmm. um but yeah no we we stayed friends and I was really thankful too because he was a huge help with kids so he would help like with paying for half of all their activities and like taking them here like taking them we had a schedule worked out so all that was really great. I was really lucky because my mom didn't have that. My mom just had us three girls and there was nobody else involved. Like it was all, she didn't have fear anyone. Else. But I was really lucky. Um, I'm also really lucky to have my mom here because my mom yeah. has also helped so much with my kids. But when I was working out and going to school, so my kids went to daycare Monday through Friday, like eight to five because I worked. And, yeah, sure. and then day I would work 12 or 24 hours take them like, at our schedule for the whole month up front. And then my mom would take them if he couldn't take them because he's he was also a paramedic. So we both had 24-hour shifts. So it was really just finding a balance and, like, finding that help and leaning into, like, your friends and family. Also the daycare. But when you work as a paramedic firefighter, your hours are overnight sometimes. They're 24-hour holidays. So it was that. But when I went to the gym, so when I worked, we had a gym at the fire department. And it was uh-huh. kind of like, it's kind of expected as a firefighter that you have to like do some sort of PT. Right. So I always got my workouts in depending on how the day went, sometimes with calls. But then my days off, um, I would bring my kids to the daycare at the gym. Oh. And it was really nice. Um, it's really nice. The one thing I will say is like, now looking back, I'm really glad, but those resources are there for when you need it. And I think there's the stigma of like being on Medicaid and you like food stamp, like getting sick and like applying. But I was only making $14 an hour back then as a firefighter paramedic single mom paying my daycare bill was $1,400 a month for my two kids to go to daycare, which now I can't imagine what it is. But it's $1,400 a month. Then I was paying rent. So all I did was I applied and they're like, yeah, you definitely fall into the income level. So back then I had a lot of help. I was able to go and apply for a daycare scholarship and have some of it paid for. And I was able to get a scholarship at my gym, offered a scholarship for like single moms who like didn't make a certain amount of money and you just, you know, and so they offered daycare for my kids for cheap at the gym. So you could still work out and take care of yourself. That is just like, if I didn't have those resources and I didn't have like my family, I don't know how I would have ever done. Yeah. I like that. You're putting out that message too. I've talked about something similar in like a mental health like stance, like going to therapy or see like seeing something like that. There is such a stigma around like, getting yeah. help but those resources really are there for yeah. you and, and especially when you have other people to look after what like you got to put your ego aside mm-hmm. and just work your work sure. your butt off for better there's days a lot of abuse you know like there's a lot of abuse of the system there's a lot of people who just stay on it forever like sure. they're meant to get people on their feet and help them but at some point like my mentality has always been how can I better myself how can I level up I don't want to be on Medicaid forever like and that's what I did eventually. But at that point in my life, that's what I needed. And I just had to like swallow my pride and ego and be like, well, I guess I'm a food stamp mom now. 
and you know, for whatever couple, couple of years I needed it, it really helped me. And then once I started like, you know, doing my business and doing everything, I literally paid off all my debt. I got off all of that stuff. Now they're like, oh, you make too much money to be on these programs. And I was like, yes, but now you owe taxes. So it was like never ending. But yeah, I think it's, it is important too, though, that like those things are there to help you if you really need it. And I didn't expect to be a single mom at um, 20 years old, like 23 years old, but I was gotten like those are the cards I was dealt, and I just made the best of it. So that's awesome. That's the only thing you really, you really can do. And it's, I like that you mm-hmm. were in that situation where you you were on Medicaid, you were getting food stamps, but you weren't just like, okay, this is it. I know, just, just like moving the government take care yeah. of my life. Like you continue to build yeah. yourself and like mate, like like have that drive to get yourself out of that situation which is so awesome because you're right there are a lot of people that abuse the system or get in the system and are just Mm -hmm. like well this is where we are let's stay yeah there's a lot of the like if you even work four hours extra this week you'll lose your benefits so people just won't work extra yeah and I was like no I'm taking the extra overtime and if I lose that like oh well but yeah I wanted to just I was like I do not want to be that's what my mom was like oh right forever um switching gears a tiny little bit one thing I wanted to ask you about how does your how do your workouts change when like like throughout your pregnancy how does that change because I know you're still keeping active like right now even though you're pretty far Mm -hmm. along so like what does that look like and then getting yourself back into it what is that like well, I guess you don't really know yet because this is the first time you'll be like, yeah, this will be a nice postpartum experience for sure. Yeah, but, um, yeah, this will be nice. I I worked out through my other pregnancy, but it was like it wasn't lifting. It was like right, um, right. It was almost like CrossFit style classes, but not as much as a lift. Like I did this thing called Parisi. They had back in the day, so it was that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. no, now that I'm actually like working on lifting, um nothing has really changed much honestly like people think you have to either completely stop like I get so many like hate comments and honestly it's just people who are really like uneducated I'm right. like oh my gosh you're gonna hurt your baby I can't believe you would do that and it's like listen I can tell my doctor she's cool like <laughs> but yeah I didn't, really didn't change much I will say in the first trimester is really really hard for women um I didn't get sick I didn't throw up or anything but I was really really nauseous Ugh. and because I was nauseous I barely ate anything and so it was really hard. Like every food to me was disgusting. And then right. obviously, as you know, you don't feel like you can go to the gym and lift anything if you've had a hundred calories all day no, and no, no water. No. So I kind of, I really listened to my body the whole first trimester. Um, I would go sporadically, like maybe two, three days a week here and there, depending on how I was feeling. But once I hit the second trimester, probably around like week 12 or 13, I had got the spurt of energy they promise you. And I was like, I'm not nauseous anymore. My appetite came back. But yeah, my workouts didn't change at all. I still was working out super heavy um, because I had prior to it. So it's like super important. Like if you haven't lifted before pregnancy, you don't start during pregnancy. Okay. Like because I've er- I've already perfected the form. I know how to do squats. I know how to do hip thrusts and those things. So those are things that I could do during pregnancy. But like if you've never done a barbell squat before, those of us who have, we know how hard it is to get your form correct, even after like years of training. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, it's not something you would want to start. And that's what the doctor will tell you too. Like the doctor okay. will be like, yeah, if you're, you were already doing these things, you're fine to continue as long as you have like, you know, they don't find anything wrong with you. 
that's really your baby yeah that is relieving to hear continue unless you have any complications like um I was on bed rest on my last one because I was working out really hard and I ended up getting something called a subchorionic hemorrhage which is like part of your placenta like tears off the wall and I just had like a massive bleeding episode and they were like hey you're done working out and I was like oh and it's like people get those from not even working out right who knows what it was from it was just a weird but like as long as you're fine they let you continue doing everything that you want to do but when my belly started getting bigger I just had to adapt a little bit I don't change my exercises okay like for so, for example, like for hip thrust, I can't get a full range of motion because, like, when I go down, my belly's like on the bar. Yeah. So I, for one, I'm like, okay, Smith machine only because it's it's stuck in one plane of motion, and then it's more of like a cost glute bridge now. It's not even a hip thrust anymore because my range of motion is trapped. <laughs> but yeah, so those types of things might change. But I didn't just stop doing that exercise. Okay. I just kind of adapted to it. That's really good to hear. That's what I kind of figure because I was looking at your page and there's like some other people that I follow too who are going through the same thing and it's like I I picked up that your routine is pretty much the same like you're still very active and going consistently and I was kind of on the like I kind of figured you just have to you know adapt for what you can't like you have a big thing in the way <laughs> yeah <laughs> So just so knowing sure. like what you, yeah, what you can and can't physically like yeah. do. Okay. That's yeah, relieving. The, you know, I'll try something though. Like I was doing um, barbell squats just fine for however long. And then one day I went to the gym and I was doing it and I was like, Ooh, this doesn't feel right. Like it's uncomfortable now. My back kind of hurts. My hips were sore after that. And so now I just went and found another exercise to do the yeah. same thing. I just did the reverse V squat. And that one's been amazing because of the way the platform is. I've okay. been able to like keep my hips out of the way and it's been perfect. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah I think it's just like of, listening to your body. Yeah. I think a lot of girls are under the impression, you know, that it's like, or at least a lot of girls in the, in this fitness space are like, it, it's a lot to have a child and you have to sacrifice like your body mm-hmm. and all that. So it's really relieving to hear that you're still prioritizing yourself while keeping like your baby healthy yeah and I've definitely been there like I've cried my eyes out over that like other pregnancies oh my gosh my body's gonna be ruined nobody's gonna ever want to be with me again like I'm never gonna look the same and that's not it at all because I look literally after two kids I look better than I ever did before at the age of 30 than I did at like 20 or 23 yeah I'm like yeah saying a lot Yes, it definitely is. Like your body will go back to normal. Like it's it, as long as you're prioritizing it. But working out during pregnancy is like the goal that I had for myself was just to maintain my muscle. That was like, all I really cared about. Which right. Is I mean, like, yeah. You, you can't, can't go, go into it saying, oh, I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to get abs or I'm going to get shredded or you can't go into it like, yeah, I'm going to gain so much muscle. It's just like, well, you can maintain. And it was hard in the beginning, though, because I'm a very goal oriented person. So if I don't have a goal to work towards. I don't really enjoy gym as much. Whereas if I'm like, oh yeah, I'm in a bulk now or I'm in a cut, I'm trying to like get shredded. Those things motivate me, but I was right. like, I'm here for my mental health. <laughs> and then I just started enjoying it after. I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm doing it to like maintain my muscle. Right. I mean, it's, I get it. Cause I'm the same way where it's like, I go through the cut and I then listen into the bulk and whatever, but maintaining when you're doing something like carrying a full person inside your stomach (laughs) is probably harder than 
I'm assuming that as your pregnancy goes along, it does become more of a goal that you have to like a more like a more challenging goal than just okay, I'm gonna stay as yes. I am. No, my goal changed from like, oh, I guess I could just stay how I am, which was miserable. I was not having fun at the gym. Like I dreaded it. But my goal changed from that to, oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to snack. <laughs> and I was like, yes, I'm training for this. So that's like where my mindset is now, where I'm like, I'm doing this now for myself after to make it easier. And that's that so completely important. changed the game for me. That's so important. And I think that that's like mm-hmm. something that a lot of people could stand to listen because it is like listen, having a child will in some sort of way affect your body. But if you're starting out ahead of the game and get mm-hmm. like, it's I've seen it I've seen it with so many women posting pictures of themselves like one month after giving birth three months after giving birth oh yeah six months after giving birth and it's so great for like me who's still young to see to be like okay I can have a child and I can still have my body after true but it is very discouraging when you look like just a certain way after you're like I just wanted to look this way when I as soon as she pushed out, I had this expectation in my stomach was just going to be like, Boop. yeah, no, it, it took a while, but, uh, that's part of, like, that's part of those goal oriented people. We really, really like, especially, you know, we like to work towards those things. Most gym people obviously can relate, but it's kind of fun. It gives you a challenge. That's a good way to look at it. I like that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep that. And in when mind. you can see results. Yeah. Like when yeah. you can see results, it's so fun. But as you know, like when you're in a plateau, it, it just sucks. Like you don't really have the motivation to go to the gym because you're like, I'm not changing. It's frustrating. But it, when you're postpartum, your body changes so fast from like breastfeeding and like your hormones are probably back to normal. Yes. So it's like you have quick results. Like, so that's going to be. That's also, I didn't even think about that. So that's cool too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I don't want to keep you for too, too much longer, but do you want to tell everybody where they can find you on? all social media and stuff so they could follow along with your journey yeah for sure so um i'm mostly i would say like instagram is my main yeah. platform um uh, my instagram's presley kp dot fit i just haven't changed it for a very long time um and then i also have tiktok which i had to restart my tiktok and my first one got taken down for no reason so i started over and it's presley kp on tiktok i literally post the same exact content as i do on instagram we yeah, just have a lot of like you know, recipes and like workouts and fun things how to maintain during pregnancy. And then if you scroll before pregnancy, you'll see that I was a stick figure (laughs) and you'll be able to see my journey. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on here. It was awesome. Thank thank you for having me. All right, everyone. Well, that pretty much wraps up this week's episode of Confessions of a Gym Rat. I hope you have a fabulous, happy, healthy week. Make sure that you stay tuned for Petula's launch on the 20th, there's going to be some amazing pieces you're going to want to check out. I'm obsessed with all of them. I wore the right shirt for that. That was good. That was good pun. Okay. Anyway, though, seriously, make sure that you stay tuned for that. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Lips with Liz. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Confessions of a Gym Rat. And then subscribe on YouTube at Lips with Liz. I had to think about that for a second. Now, I'm having, I'm having a brain card today. Um, Whatever. I'm going to close it off here. I hope you have a fabulous, happy, healthy week, and I will talk to you next Monday. Bye.